Out to the KDUS hotline we go. And for the latest on the San Francisco Giants, we're now joined this morning by Brady Kopfler of McCovey Chronicles. And Brady, good to have you. The Giants 17-20 and 20 on the season after last night's 62 victory over the Diamondbacks. How would you describe the Giants' season to date? To be honest, I think fans are pretty disappointed. Um, but it's still very early, and I think if you can if you can remove some of some of the concerns are are not things that necessarily need to be concerned about. I think there are a lot of things, a lot of reasons to expect them to kind of right the ship here. Um, but they've got out of the gate slow, and and frankly, all of their offseason signings have have been disasters to this point. Mitch Haniger and Michael Conforto were the players they pivoted to when they didn't get Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa, and neither of them are hitting. Sean Manaya and Ross Stripling were the pitchers they signed to replace Carlos Rodon, and they've been two of the very worst starting pitchers in baseball. So it's been that season where they're trying to tread water despite the fact that the, the reinforcements they brought in aren't doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. They're actively hurting the team. Uh, so I think the optimistic view is that if those players start playing the way we've come to expect them, I think this could be a pretty darn good team. Uh, but at some point it needs to happen, and, and it hasn't happened at this point. Okay, let's break down some of these things that you just got into. Let, let's start with the offense. They've been really home-run reliant. They've struck out a lot. They haven't been good against left-handed starting pitchers. How much uh, can those things change in the rest of the season? Yeah, I think they can change a bit, but but they're not going to change too much. You know, that that's the organizational philosophy for the Giants. And, and if you look at the box scores for their minor league affiliates all the way down to low A, that's the organizational philosophy is don't swing at pitches unless you can put them over the fence. And when you get those pitches, try to put them over the fence. Uh, this is an organization that at every level strikes out a lot and hits home runs a lot. And I think you see with a lot of the best teams in baseball do that to an extent. You know, the Dodgers and the Rays, I believe, are the only two teams that hit more home runs than the Giants. Uh, but the Giants are just striking out at a rate that – you can't win if, if you're striking out at that level. It doesn't matter how many home runs you hit because they don't have any sustainable rallies. You know, their leadoff hitter, Coach Knights, is Lamont Wade Jr., who has, I think, the second best on base percentage in the league, and he's barely scored any runs. Um, so it's, it's not a particularly sustainable philosophy if you don't fix the strikeouts. But they have had luck with a lot of batters over the last few years at cutting down on strikeouts. Um, so I think they're optimistic that they can, but, you know, we are a third of the way into the season or so, or a quarter of the way in the season, and we still haven't seen those strikeout numbers come down. So I think they can come down a little bit. I think it's safe to say that if they keep this rate, they won't have a winning record. Uh, they're going to need to see a little improvement. But they've shown that ability to make those improvements in season with swing adjustments. Okay, staying with the offense, you mentioned a couple of, obviously, you know, the Conforto and Hanniger, that haven't worked out so far. You mentioned also Wade, so... You know, other than Wade, who's who has stepped up as far as the offensive, uh, you know, for as far as the offense goes, that's impressed you, and uh, you know, other than Conforto and and and, uh, and also Hanniger, who also needs to also needs to step up. Yeah, I'd say the big ones after Wade are Tyro Estrada has been having a, a wonderful season. Uh, there were some questions coming in as to whether he could hit as well as he did last year, and if he could hit right-handers. Um, and avoid being that platoon player. And so far he's done that. He's been a really fantastic hitter in, in really every phase of hitting. Uh, and he's done it against both righties and lefties, so he's, he's really become that kind of anchor of the team. And J.D. Davis is the other one. Um, you know, he's been a 
he's been a really good hitter for a long time and just has never had the glove to be able to stay on the field and be playable. And thankfully, he's fixed that issue this year. So those three have been have been really strong. Um, but they do need more people to step up. And in addition to Hanager and Conforto, you know, Brandon Crawford, he's probably going to come off the injury list at some point during this series. He's had a very poor season. Um, they haven't had too much offensive contributions behind the plate. Joey Bart has been kind of scuffling a little bit, and he's he's still a pretty good player because he plays such good defense, but, you know, he's hitting well below league average, and, and they really haven't had any stability in center field, largely because of injuries. Austin Slater's been injured most of the year. Mike Estremski's on the injured list and is probably going to be there for a little while, and they've been forced to give a lot of center field starts to, we saw last night, Bryce Johnson, who is, you know, a, a 28- or 29-year-old minor league journeyman who's never been a good offensive player. They've given a lot of starts to Brett Wisely, who made his major league debut at the start of the season. Um, just a lot of unproven guys, and some of those guys need to step up. You see that with all the good teams. Um, you see that with the Diamondbacks this year, right, where, where there are players who maybe you didn't expect to step up, stepping up, and, and the Giants need some of that in addition to, to some improvement from their veterans. Casey Schmidt, we knew he was good with the glove, but you know, two homers in his debut week, including a long home run last night. Is he on the Major League roster for good at this point? You know, I don't think we can say that for sure. I would expect him to be, um, and I think he'll get a long leash. But the Giants have been pretty liberal with sending players back down to the minors if they think there are adjustments that they need to make. But they've also been liberal with not benching struggling players if they think that their process is good and the results just aren't. So one thing we know is that Smith is not here to fill a gap. They didn't call him up to play shortstop until Brandon Crawford returns from the injured list. They didn't call him up because they had injuries and had a hole that needed to be filled. They brought him up because they thought he was ready to contribute and play on a near-everyday basis. So they're going to play him that way regardless of whether he hits like he has the last few games or if he starts to struggle. But if he puts together a cold patch of, you know, three or four weeks where he just is pretty much unplayable offensively, they've shown that they'll take a guy down to AAA. They did it with Joey Bart last year. They're about to do it with David VR um, and make the adjustments there. So the ball's in his court, and he's going to have a long leash, but it really depends on how he performs, I think. Okay, Brady, let's turn to the uh, pitching staff here. You know, Cobb, really good. Uh, he's been good all season. You know, who cares about the Mexico City experience? That was just unfair for anybody that was a pitcher. <laughs> so we're forgetting Definitely. about that. Yeah, well, let's just throw that out. But he, he's a ground ball machine. Uh, how's he get away with that? Quite, he doesn't throw an enormous array of pitches. Uh, so how's that worked out? And you know, the Giants have done a really nice job with a lot of veteran pitchers that they've brought in. I wouldn't necessarily say after the, off the scrap heap, but guys that have had some success elsewhere, and they've seemingly gotten the most out of a lot of these guys. Yeah, that, that's really been their forte of the last few years. They've done it with Alex Cobb. They've done it with Anthony DiSclefani. Kevin Gosman, you know, now is a Cy Young candidate, but when he came to the Giants in 2020, he was a long reliever who was just trying to survive in the majors, which makes it that much weirder that Ross Stripling and Sean Mania have been so bad this year. But with Cobb, you know, he's always been a ground ball pitcher, and it's certainly a little bit of an antiquated style 
with how much the game has shifted towards strikeouts. And, and the Giants certainly are a team that has prioritized strikeouts, but they also really prioritize weak contact. Uh, they're big fans of, of players who force weak contact. You see that with Cobb. You see that with Logan Webb. And really the, the difference for Cobb this year between last, this year and last year is that the Giants had one of the worst defenses in the league last year, um, maybe the worst defense in the league. And Alex Cobb had a bad ERA simply because he was getting weak contact on the ground and the Giants' infielders didn't know what to do with it. And he's having a pretty similar year this year to last year, to be honest, and they've just gotten much better defensively. And they're really kind of just playing the odds that if you let someone hit, put the ball in play weekly and on the ground, that you're going to turn that into out more often than not. And even when it's not out, you're going to have, like we saw yesterday, there were two inning-ending double plays. Um, that's what you're going to get with a, with a ground ball pitcher. And there are times where it doesn't work, obviously. There are times where teams bring together four or five hits in a row, which is always a danger. Then suddenly you have a big inning on your hands. But for the most part, they've, they've got him to a point where he can really just get weak contact reliably. And most of the time, your defense is going to do good things with that. All right, so then it's on to the bullpen we go. Uh, Between the Diamondbacks and the Giants, uh, getting outs in the bullpen has been an issue. Uh, The Giants entered last night 28th in uh, Major League Baseball in bullpen ERA. They've allowed 28 home runs just the bullpen has. Is there a chance for that to get better? Yeah, I mean, I think it has to. I think that's just such a hilariously large amount of home runs that even if they were the worst team the worst bullpen in baseball, you expect that to get a little bit better just because it's such an absurd number. But, you know, we went into the season and the bullpen looked, we're in the offseason, the bullpen looked like the weakness of the team. And then they didn't make that many adjustments. They didn't make that many signings. Uh, and it still looks like the weakness of the team. So I think it'll get better. You know, Taylor Rogers was the big acquisition and he is starting to come around after being really bad in the first few weeks of the season. Their other off-season addition they made to the bullpen is Luke Jackson, who's been on the injured list and probably won't be back for another month, month and a half. But obviously that will help when he comes around. Um, and truthfully, some of those bullpen numbers are inflated by the fact that they have piggybacked their bad starters instead of trusting them to be starters. So Chaminaya, Ross Stripling, Jacob Junis, those kind of guys are often coming into the game out of the bullpen in maybe the second or third inning instead of starting, and that's really hurt some of those numbers as well. But, yeah, it's going to be a weakness of the team all year long. I think I think it can get a lot better. They should be able to minimize those home runs a little bit, but uh, I think they're, they're going to win in spite of their bullpen, not because of it. You mentioned the defense. I'm a little perplexed about this. They, they were unbelievable on defense in 2021 when they won 107 games. Not quite as good in 2022. You know, better this year. I'm, I'm it's kind of the same guys, some of the same guys at least. You know, this is a, you know, from one year to the next, I don't know what to expect uh, defensively from this team. Yeah, it's very odd, honestly. And I think the biggest explanation that, that I can come up with, and it might be a stretch, but I don't know what else it could be, is this is a coaching staff that has really earned rave reviews for their ability to work with players during the off season to pinpoint the areas where they're struggling and the things that they can do to fix those mistakes. And last year, they didn't have the opportunity to do that because of the lockout, right? They 
they weren't allowed contact with the players. So all of those players mm-hmm. were blindly going through the offseason until they showed up at spring training without having any contact from the coaches. And this year, they've been in contact all offseason with their players, and they've been able to tell them what kinds of things they should be working on. And I think that makes a really, really big change for a lot of these players. And and some of it just comes down to individuals getting better. You know, I think the, the clearest case for the Giants here is is J.D. Davis, who is truly playing at a near-gold-glove level ability at third base. He was a laughingstock at the position his entire career. When last season ended, he, he was a laughingstock of a defensive third baseman, a guy who you thought, as good of a hitter as he is, you can't play him in the field because it's just not worth it. And he's been one of the best defensive third baseman in baseball this year. And so you, you tip your cap to some of the individuals who are putting in the work, but I think just having a full off season with the coaching staff has, has really helped them out a lot. Okay, last up here, the fan base. You mentioned uh, you know they didn't get judged. They didn't get Correa. They're off to a slow start in 2022. How are the masses dealing with all that? Not well. Not well. This is a this is a fan base that is very skeptical about the current front office. Um, I think you know some of the skepticism is warranted. Some of it is fair. I think some of it is unfair and off base. Um, but you see this with every with every team that makes the shift that the Giants did. Right? They they got rid of an old school front office that had had success for twenty years. One of the most successful managers in in baseball history in Bruce Bochy. And they brought in new school people. They brought in a president of baseball operations in Farhan Zaidi, who's, you know, one of the leaders of the analytics movement. They brought in Gabe Kapler, a manager who is that kind of robotic manager who does things the way the math says you should do them. And fans don't like that. Fans do not agree with that most of the time. And you have to really win a lot to prove to them that that works. And so right now, you know, the fan base is, is pretty pretty upset at the team. They're pretty down on the team. They're, I think, in their eyes, it's a bunch of nerds running the show, and it's not working. Okay, Brady, tell people how they can uh, read your stuff. Yes, you can, can read me at McCoveyChronicles.com, where I cover all my all my Giants work. You can also find me on Twitter, Brady Klopp for NBA, where I cover baseball and basketball. Good stuff, Brady. Appreciate the time. Excellent information. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. You too. My pleasure. Brady Kopler of uh, McCovey Chronicles.